Hey guys, welcome back to the Starring Milana podcast where we try to build understanding in this crazy world one conversation at a time. This is season five, episode two, and this podcast was released every Monday, hashtag Milana Monday on all podcast apps and on YouTube. Visit youtube.com forward slash starring Milana. Please make sure to uh, leave a rating and a review, subscribe, both on podcast apps and on YouTube. It really, really helps, guys. I would really appreciate it. And also follow me at Starring Milana. Um, this podcast has three segments. The first one is Talkworthy, where we pick a few things going on in the media and try to offer a new or different perspective. The second one is called Dropping Gems, where we pick a topic of the week and we drop a few gems. And the third segment is called BTS, where we recap my past week, talk about any exciting encounters, new finds, TV recaps, and more. Before I start this episode, I really want to say thank you guys so much for your support. Every time I take a hiatus or a break, it's super nerve-wracking trying to come back. Um, I get a little anxious, just wondering like who's even listening. Um, the self-doubt is really real, so... I'm just happy to be back, and I'm happy to be back to so much support. Thank you guys for sharing the episodes. Please continue to share. It really does help. Um, and it's nice to get messages saying, hey, listening from Germany, listening from Canada. That was really cool. Um, and every time I get one of those, it just inspires me to keep going. So thank you guys for listening, and let's get this episode started. I have a great episode for you guys today. A lot of sperm talk, some heartbreak talk, and some mat talk. So let's get straight to BTS. Um, the first story caught my attention immediately, not only from the headline, but as I kept reading, it just got crazier and crazier. So um, I got this article from Newsweek. I'm just going to read it to you. This is the title. Woman gives up child sues sperm donor she met online for lying about education, ethnicity, and relationship status. Okay, so it just gets crazier, guys. Listen up. Here we go. The woman who has only been identified as a 30-year-old woman from Tokyo said she and her husband wanted to try for a second child, but began looking for a sperm donor through a membership exchange site, SNS, after they discovered he had a hereditary condition. The woman found a sperm donor in his 20s on social media who claimed he graduated from one of the top universities in Japan and he was Japanese. He also told the woman he was single. The woman and donor reportedly had sex 10 times in order to get pregnant, and in June 2019, the two were successful. But later, she found out the donor was actually a Chinese national who was indeed married and did not graduate from Kyoto University, as he claimed. By the time she learned this information, it was too late to receive an abortion, and she gave birth to the baby. Japanese media reported the baby is now in the care of a child care facility in Tokyo. Now the woman is suing the donor for roughly $2.8 million for emotional distress. She claimed the donor gave her inaccurate information for the sake of having sex with her. I mean, definitely not the first time a man has lied to get someone into bed. You guys, I had so many questions about this, but I'm just going to stick to this one. You mean to tell me, she said, fuck a clinic, fuck, you know, self-insemination. I'm just going to go find a man on social media, convince him to have a child with me, maybe pay him. I'm, I'm unclear if that happened. Um, and we're going to have sex 10 times and get pregnant. And her husband knew about this, and he clearly was supportive of this. What is the fuck is going on in this household? That's crazy. And like, look, self-examination can be extremely dangerous, um, but having sex with a stranger that you met on social media could also be super dangerous. Like, I don't think that's very safe. Doesn't sound safe to me. And I'm actually in shock that they're allowing this in their marriage. And this forced sex while pregnant to conceive 
it's giving me really creepy like Handmaid's Tale vibes and I I'm just not really here for it and I did some research and I found out um there's an underground market for like sperm donations in Japan because apparently um it's really hard to get like a, the sperm donor process is costly and it's like practically unregulated and uh, I don't know if like the moms have a lot of rights it's just a really um strange process they don't really it's just not regulated yet it's not hasn't been common there yet there's only only actually one sperm bank in the entire country and the actual procedure is only um approved for married couples so that means that excludes um single women and uh, lgbtq couples from receiving sperm donations so a lot of people kind of resort to the underground market finding donors on social media and that kind of stuff um it appears that like in this case, she could have went to a sperm bank because she is married, so I guess she qualifies, but maybe it's just too costly or maybe because they already have a child, they didn't get approved. I'm unclear as to why they decided to go this route, but, like, you made that decision and the, your decision has consequences. Like, he lied, but, you know, I, I just kind of... One word comes to mind in all this across the board, and that's, like... I guess heartless would be the word for me. Um, like the lying ass donor is bad enough. Like that's kind of heartless, right? But he's married too. He had an affair. Um, this woman is equally as heartless. Giving up an innocent child. Like you really gave up an innocent child when you have the means to care for them. What kind of person are you really? Um, the baby is still technically 50% yours. Like those are your genes. And how are you going to give up a child who you carried gave birth to just because the you know sperm donor bamboozled you that's the risk that you took she could have probably sued him and kept the baby I think it's just pretty fucked up this is like I don't know this is a, an innocent child who had to come out of this like shitty and horrible situation and is now basically you know in foster care so also like what bearing does this really have in court like he lied to get you in bed but like I don't know. Can you be sued for lying to someone to get them in bed? Like, I don't know if she can really win this case. Like, what did they have paperwork? Like, I, I don't know. I don't understand. But yeah, I just I, this is just a wild story to me. Um, now, speaking of sperm, the second thing I want to talk about is the story that came out last week about Drake and the hot sauce thing. Um, so apparently Drake had sexual relations with a woman in a hotel room and then he went to the restroom and then after he came out she went to the restroom and she dug through the trash and she found his condom and she tried to take the sperm and inseminate herself with it um and then she started screaming and he ran into the bathroom because it was her you know JJ was burning and he told her that he put hot sauce in it to um kill the sperm I don't know if this, like, her vagina was burning, you guys. Like, I keep thinking about it. Like, if this is true, like, her badge is on fire. Like, that's crazy. Like, I don't know. I, I can't. I don't think this is true. This can't be true. Because if this is true, this is the craziest thing I have ever heard in my life. But I do, like, have some questions. If this is true... Where did he get the hot sauce from? Like, does he have packets that he carries with him in his pockets? And also, if he put, if this really happened, wouldn't the sperm be the color of the hot sauce? Like a red sauce or a green sauce? Did she not notice that before she 
you know, put it up her thing thing. I don't know. This is like really weird. Um, but anyway, all jokes aside, most importantly, how dare you? Like the audacity to have a child with someone against their will is really bizarre to me. But apparently, and in a way, and you're threatening to sue, like you steal this man's sperm, but you're threatening to sue. Again, sounds crazy. I don't know if this is real, but I do want to say this. This is not new, like sperm stealing, sperm jacking. And there's like this term, it's called, um, I wrote it down, spurgling is apparently a thing. And according to Urban Dictionary, they had the funniest definition, the involuntary collection of a man's sperm generally committed by females who desire to have a child with a male with no such desire. Um, this is happening. Like it's really, really happening. And what's crazy to me is if a man doesn't catch a woman in the act, like going and like taking his sperm and putting it, you know, up her, her thing, if a man doesn't catch a woman in her act and she gets pregnant and she lies and just says oh your condom probably broke I don't know how I got pregnant like that's on you there's no way that he can prove that like if you don't catch her in the act there's no way that you can prove it it's basically your word against hers so I don't think that there would really be any legal implications of stealing sperm if you don't actually get caught but to me it's like it's so unethical. It's against someone's will. Um, the desperation, like it's just so fucking desperate. And like the deceit, it's like, how can you live with yourself? Like, don't you have a guilty conscience and for what some money for 18 years? I don't get it. Like, and then the other thing is like, aren't you guys scared of God? And okay. Say you don't believe in God. What about karma? It's just, or just, just, what just the fact that it's so unethical like don't you people like believe in anything it really is wild to me and um I just can't imagine because it's, it's the fact that it's so desperate I can't imagine having a baby or trying to have a baby with someone who's not trying to have a baby with me have some pride like you look crazy but I guess I don't know I guess people don't care it's just if people would do anything for money it's like selling yourself Men, if you're listening, if you're out there, listen to me really carefully. Flush it. Flush that condom. If you don't want latex buildup in your toilet, maybe don't flush it. Like throw it out the window, store it somewhere, get rid of it. In this case, put some hot sauce in it. But whatever you do, do not leave that condom in that trash can. Because apparently, this is what happens. People are sperm jacking out here. It's really crazy. Just remember, no sperm left behind. Okay? Remember that. All right, guys. The last thing I want to talk about is this participation of Jamie Lynn Spears in her sister Britney Spears conservatorship. So Jamie Lynn Spears is um, releasing a memoir, I think, this week. But she's been doing interviews about the memoir. And... Um, you know, I don't not sure what she's going to say in the book, but the interviews pretty much state that, you know, although she was focused on her own life and being a young mom, she did try to help Brittany and you know, end this conservatorship. She did um, give her the resources. This is according to Jamie Lynn Spears. Britney Spears says she had no idea how to end the conservatorship. Nobody in her family helped her. And in fact, they took advantage of her and her finances. And when all of these interviews started coming out of Jamie Lynn Spears, Britney posted on her Instagram, what dad did to me, they don't even do that to criminals. So for you to sit back and act completely aloof to what has happened to me is honestly insane to me. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of like different opinions out there of what happened. Um, there's been some, you know, legal documents that 
were just close to the public. We heard some things from the court hearings, and I think we know a good amount, um, but there are... We don't know everything. I will say that. There's definitely debates over if Britney needed the conservatorship, if it, she only needed it for a certain while, why it lasted so long, um, you know, were her parents in the wrong. There's a lot of debate about that. Uh, and her whole family has been, like, kind of painted as villains in this whole situation. And maybe rightfully so. I don't know. It's, it's a little bit unclear. We only know what we know. Um, but... I'm going to try for the sake of my podcast and building understanding. I'm going to try to, I tried, I tried to look at this from Jamie's perspective. Okay. I'm trying to give her grace and I'm really, really trying to understand where she's coming from. Maybe I need to read the book to understand, but I don't know. Like the only thing I can think of is she was 17 when Brittany got into this conservatorship and she was pregnant with her first child or she had just given birth to her first child. She was on and off with um, her boyfriend, fiance, husband, I'm not sure. Um, so she was trying to figure her life out being a teen mom. And, you know, I guess she probably watched what like the word would be maybe unravel, watch her sister completely unravel in front of us. Um, and she probably thought that her parents stepped in specifically her dad and did the right thing at the time she was a 17 year old girl right um this is back in 2008 i think uh but it's now 2022 um you know i think maybe her crime for sure was maybe of how trusting she was of her father or her parents um and other people around britney and like maybe she wasn't really thinking for herself she wasn't really thinking like okay, what is really going on with Brittany? Can I help her? Can I do anything? I think maybe she just kind of left it in the hands of her parents who you would think know better, right? You would think that they um, would know better than you in this case because they are the parents. So you kind of trust them to do the right thing. Um, maybe if she was the older sister, she would have stepped in a different way. But because she's younger, maybe she doesn't feel like she has um, that same authority. I don't know. Um I don't know how much we can really blame her, but ugh, that was back in 2008. We're talking about, you know, 2021 when she's begging and pleading for her freedom and her parents and her dad clearly aren't giving it to her. All this stuff is coming out about them, you know, taking her, um, taking advantage of her. All this stuff is coming out about her, you know, apparently allegedly being unstable mentally, you know, not all the way there, but then you're having her perform and doing Vegas residencies, but she shouldn't be because she's so, but she can't, she can't have her freedom because she's not mentally, you know, stable, but then she's mentally stable enough to perform. It's just, it's weird. So I would think that at that point, this is fast forward after, you know, 2008, this is like not too long ago, I would think Jamie Lynn Spears would stop and, and read the situation and kind of like help her sister out. So that to me is what's super, super troubling. Um, having a sister myself, I really don't get it. Lola, my sister is my entire life. I would do anything for her. She is my younger sister, but you know, it's, she feels more like a child to me. Uh, like she's my child more than just my sister. I feel so protective over her. I feel responsible for her safety, for her happiness. I'm constantly making sure she's okay, checking on her. I don't sleep until she gets home, until I know, you know, she's home at night. I track her location. She's, my sister is, you know, my life. And I just can't imagine 
anyone taking advantage of her. I would protect my sister from, from anyone, even my parents. If I didn't believe that they had her best interest in mind, if I felt like they were taking advantage of her, um, I wouldn't let anyone make decisions for my sister like that but myself because I just the love I have for her is very caring and protective I would never take advantage of her so I can't imagine having a sister and you're just kind of letting all of this slip through the cracks um when she's clearly been crying out for help for for a while so um how Jamie Lynn Spears sat on the sideline while her parents took advantage of her sister in this conservatorship is beyond me and I I'm trying to understand it but I'm really really having a hard time seeing her point of view I just I don't know those are the um, three things that I found interesting in the media this past week. So let's get to um, dropping gems. This week's dropping gems segment, I want to talk about heartbreak, okay? And this was inspired by like a few conversations I've had throughout the week, some from, you know, the past year, year and a half, almost two years. Um, and I don't know like, exactly why I'm so compelled to talk about it. I think I get a little bit like uh, offended, not really offended, but a little bit like uh, side eye when I hear this come up and women are, are painted in a certain way every time this conversation comes up and it just kind of doesn't sit right with me. So um, I want to talk about heartbreak. Every time there's a breakup, people automatically assume that the woman, the girl, the lady is sad, heartbroken, left heartbroken, crying to her in her pillow. Um, apparently we're more emotional and we're more attached and we're more inclined to hit rock bottom after a um, breakup and surely men are kicking and they're just fine and I'm here to tell you that this is not always the case most of my breakups ended up in me being totally fine oftentimes doing the breaking up um, and a lot of the times the guys were fine too you know maybe not but a lot of the times they were also fine um, so when I started telling people about my last a, you know, relationship ending, and when I started telling people that we broke up, a lot of people's first question instantly, right, even before, are you okay, it was, what did he do? Why does it seem like I'm the one that is, like, sitting here heartbroken, upset, regret, resentful? Why is that the first question that people ask? And that really was the first question that you know, a lot of the time people ask me. And I know I haven't really talked about this yet. And I think maybe this season, you know, though you guys will get more out of out of me and about my last relationship about my breakup. But I will say this that, you know, I think that I don't think either of us actually left feeling heartbroken, contrary to what most people believe. Mutual breakups do exist. People could really care about each other and walk away and neither person is hurt, heartbroken, upset. It could just, people could just wipe their hands clean with the situation, you know, remember the good times and walk away and be okay. I don't know why that's such a, a, like a complex thing for people to um, understand. I don't know why that's like such a shocking concept for others. And let me let you in and learn a little secret. Not all women are super emotional and cry and are shattered and are heartbroken after a relationship ends. Some of us are able to do a shoulder shrug and keep it pushing. Why, you may ask? I, for example, really, really, really believe in God. I have a great relationship with God. I truly believe that if something happened, it happened for a reason. If something ended, it was supposed to end. And I'm not going to sit there and dwell and spend my time heartbroken, crying over a situation that 
truly wasn't for me because I don't believe that God makes mistakes and if this person was supposed to be in my life in this way, then they would have remained in my life. So why would I question God's doing in my life? I really do believe that. I, I live by that. I live by that not only in relationships, just across the board. I do not dwell on situations. I do not th dwell on when things end. Um, I don't dwell when, you know, something was what I thought was for me, whether it's career or whatever, and it's not. It's just, it, it just, it's just not for me. What's for me is for me, um, and it won't miss me. And I really do believe that. So when things come to an end, I'm not usually the one that's going to sit there and be like a wreck about it. So this, you know, misconception of women being uh, always the ones that are super emotional, heartbroken, sitting at home crying, I just have to tell you guys that it's not really the truth for the most part. I think there's definitely instances like that, but I do think that women are very strong and not everyone is, you know, heartbroken. And that goes for men too. I just want to leave you guys with that. Next time you hear about a breakup, don't automatically assume that the woman is left heartbroken or shattered. Don't, maybe don't even assume that the man is. Sometimes he is, sometimes she is, but sometimes everybody is just fine. And that's all you can hope for. Um, all right, guys, so let's get to the BTS. Uh, first of all, I want to say that I'm really grateful for a consistent cycle, consistent period cycle. Thank you, God, for a consistent cycle. I know not everyone has one, and apparently we're supposed to, according to the sciences. So thank you, Lord, for a consistent period cycle. However, why the Red River, you know, uh, the monthly monster, uh, Aunt Flo, why this shit doesn't get easier over time for me, I don't understand. It, I woke up the other day, four o'clock in the morning, just something just beating my stomach. And I was almost screaming at four o'clock in the morning from the shooting pain. And I don't understand. I thought that with age, it gets better, but I don't think it does. Mine hasn't really gotten shorter, maybe by a day or two. It's just same, super painful, very heavy. And I don't know if, you know, I'm, I'm starting to consider if I should ask about other things, you know, like fibroids or God forbid anything else that could be going on, um, why it's this, you know, it's, it's honestly unbearable. And for that reason, like when I get it, I just kind of like tap out. My diet taps out. I can't really work out in the first, you know, couple of days. It's really, really dreadful. Um, so that's where we came with the diet. We landed here with the diet, the diet situation. I know I'm supposed to start eating healthy. I'm kind of like, oh, I'm starting tomorrow, you know, five more minutes. Like I'm that girl tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Um, I definitely need to just limit these carbs. I think I'm going to have carb withdrawals. I'm really not ready for that. But I did go finally after like over a month of not working out because of the holidays and COVID or whatever, I finally went to the gym. I don't know if I talked about this in my last podcast. I'm going to the gym now. I'm not going to Orange Theory anymore. I'm trying something different. I went to the gym and my boyfriend trained me on the machines, like the leg machines. Like I could not walk. I, it's honestly unbearable, but I did it. Um, and I have to say, like the gym can be a super intimidating place. You know, I got the membership there so that I can use the gym, use the treadmills and machines if I need to, but really like their classes are really good. They have cycling classes, they have athletic conditioning, they have Pilates on the mat, they have a lot of, they have kickboxing, they have a lot of great classes and that's why I signed up for this gym specifically. But every time I step into the gym when I'm not taking a class, it's super intimidating. The machines are there, like 
you don't really know how to like adjust it. I mean, I don't know. Maybe like every machine is different. So I'm like, oh, how do I adjust the seat? Because I'm short. I have to adjust everything. How do I adjust this? And you know, I well, I can't reach this. Or where's um this dumbbell? And it, it can be really intimidating. And you don't really want to look like a rookie. I mean, at least I don't. Like I don't want it to look like it's my first day, you know, on the job. It's kind of embarrassing so I try to like fake it so I make it look like I know what I'm doing but it could be super intimidating so I would re recommend going with someone at least that's gonna like show you the ropes and um give you like a good workout and then do that once or twice and then really you could go on your own but like the first few times when I'm when I went to the gym by myself I'm like I don't know what I'm doing here um and it's it's super intimidating and it kind of could turn you off but um yeah so that's kind of been my week nothing crazy has happened uh but I did decide that I think I'm going to read for the book club, the digital book club. I think the first book we're going to read this year is going to be Atomic Habits. I've had this book on my list for a long time. And then the other day I was listening to Ed Milet's podcast and the author James Clear was on the podcast. So, um, he was just very interesting, super insightful. So I think I want to read the book and I really wanted to read like a non, uh, a fiction book. I wanted to read a fiction book or a memoir, but, um, I think I want to start off the year with this book. I think it's going to be inspiring. I think maybe it'll, you know, change the trajectory of the year. If I kind of follow, um, this 1% rule that he has in the book. So if you guys want to join the book club, it's a digital book club book club right now it's just ladies only um we read x amount of chapters a week and then we recap um every monday or tuesday so if you're interested please dm me um i think we're going to be reading atomic habits and we're probably going to start in a couple of weeks but i want to get the messages going so dm me guys um music recap so the weekend he's my favorite artist he released a new album i haven't really listened to it more than once i gave it one listen um i need to listen to it a couple more times um, it's not my favorite, but I definitely do like it. So far, I like Gasoline, Sacrifice, and Take My Breath. Those three songs for sure. And I think that's really it that's happened to me this week. Okay, guys, a TV recap. So, Cheers Season 2 is back. You guys know I'm obsessed with that show. When it came out back in January, was it January? Back in 2020. Um, I had my friend Arissa on, the, on my podcast episode where we recapped it. I'm going to definitely link it. I am obsessed with that show and guys it's not just for girls and it's not for people who cheered it's for everybody across the board I mean the show's so good it won um, an Emmy it's a really really great show super well done you really fall in love with these people it's a docu-series about this team um I don't want to I don't want to give it away too much I already I already had a full episode about it but I really recommend you guys watch it anyway so season two just came out I've only watched the first four episodes but instantly when um I saw like new episode when I saw Netflix when I logged in and said cheer new episodes I kind of like I got kind of sad like I I knew that the Jerry Harris stuff was gonna come out all over again and I was gonna have to relive that um you know Jerry was just known for his positive energy he was just so um he was his mat talk like he his energy was just so contagious and when these allegations came out uh, about him it really just shocked everybody um he you know it, his iconic mat talks were just like seen everywhere across the board it was like dancing with the stars it was ellen it was everywhere and now the fact that um you know he is facing these charges it's just really hard to um watch and i 
I haven't gotten to the episode. I think the next episode is uh, episode five, and I think it's called Jerry. So I think this is when all the information uh, comes out uh, about these allegations. But so far, the first four episodes, a few episodes are amazing. I'm going to finish it, and then I'm going to recap it for you guys. But I will say this. The um, edit of Trinity Valley's first full out with that like opera music was hilarious, and I just died I died so I really recommend you guys watch that if you have nothing else to watch and then Euphoria season two is out I don't really love recapping episode by episode but um I will say this you know I was super confused and like initially kind of turned off about watching a uh, tv show about high school students <laughs> but um you know this show is so well done Everything is just very well thought out. Um, the The actors are amazing. They're, this is such a talented group of people that I am enjoying the show so much. I can't really relate. This was not my high school experience by any means, but it's an incredible show, and I'm excited for the rest of the season. The last part of this TV re recap is The Bachelor. I'm going to talk about last week's episode. Um, you guys, I, I, what is... Okay, let, I'm just going to call them the evil blondes. This... Cassidy, I think her name is. Yes, Cassidy and Chanae, I can't. First of all, are they related? They're both recruiters. They look alike. They act the same. I'm, I, I, are they sisters? Are they cousins? And then the other thing is, are they really like this? Or did the producers put them up to this? They're so fucking mean. And I've never watched, I caught myself doing this. I've never watched a show before and screamed at the camera, I'm screamed at the television. It was like, no, get them off my screen, get them off my screen, get them off my screen. I was so annoyed by these two people the entire time. It wasn't even entertaining. It was just super cringy. It was very mean, um, very catty. And I can't imagine that people like this really exist. So I'm just wondering if the producers put them up to this behavior or not. And the fact that Clayton hasn't caught it yet, it's just like kind of, it kind of turns you off a little bit. Um, I feel like I am slightly losing brain cells watching this season. You know, we're coming off of Michelle's season, and this season is just lacking sophistication. That's the best way that I could put it. It's kind of immature. Um, he's not really asking them any questions. He's just kind of complimenting them and then making out. I don't really know what's going on. I feel like it's a lacking depth. Maybe, you know, if I keep watching, it'll get better. Um, it's entertaining for sure. But besides that, it's just, it's missing what we just got from Michelle's season. And, th and that's really unfortunate. But, you know, I, I like to finish things that I start. So I think I'm definitely going to finish the season. But that's kind of where I'm at with The Bachelor at this point i think that's all that i have for this week thank you guys so much for listening as a reminder please 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 subscribe leave a rating a review on podcast apps and on youtube follow me at starring milana dm me your um thoughts and guys also dm me topics you want me to talk about for dropping gems i love when you guys do that um i definitely have some things in mind but i want to hear from you guys what do you want to hear me talk about um dm me and yeah that's it have an amazing week and i'll be back next monday